Coming to you live from the Morningstar Mission Sponsored Studios, this is Carl and Crew Mornings on 90.1 FM Moody Radio. You could listen to us in the morning here and wonder, do these guys have a clue what's going on in the world? You really could. <laughs> wow, okay. No, I'm serious. People could listen here and go, hey, uh, you guys know what's going on out there? Sure, well, because sometimes, I mean, there's, there's topics that we would rather... Uh, not talk about because we feel like it may do more damage than it would do good at some uh, points in time. Is that right? I think at some points or, in time. But or, or I does think it that, deserve attention at or all? Or does it deserve attention? I think that that mainly, though, we we try to be really well you're thought get, out. You're marking your words. Yeah, really <laughs> prayerful about yeah. the things that we address because we want it to be beneficial to you. And when we do address things, we try to hit them from a biblical and spiritual point. To, to help grow you as much as inform you. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. And I mean, any here's the bottom line. Anybody can be filled with rancor and look at what's going on in the world today and go, you got to be kidding me. And But I, I want to disavow you of this notion that we live in this helping you take your next step bubble and we don't know what's going on outside it. Part of what motivates me to take my next step with Jesus is because I'm very well aware of what's going on. Listen, we're not headed for a cliff as a nation. We jumped off that sucker about five years ago, four years ago, three, two. I don't know what. I think it's a fair statement. We jumped off it. I mean, guys, there was a time. I'm old enough to remember when we were giddy as a nation, when we had women able to, Title IX, participate in sports in a way that was unencumbered by men, for one, and uh, given the kind of resources that they needed to go excel. And there were a lot of political opinions about that back then. Within a matter of, I mean, at the speed of light, 186,000 miles a second, we've just pitched Title IX. And we live in a world now where men can compete against women. USA Boxing came out with a new policy that men can box against women, transgender. And I'm like, let me tell you what I think about driving down the road. Do people not see this? Yeah, that thought no, comes uh, off. I, I mean, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yes, I the think fair the same questions. Do you not see this? You see people walking into the halls of Congress, into the most hallowed places at our nation's capital, and they have abortion pins on their lapel that has the, the love sign in the O, and they yes. wear it to a State of the Union address. Yes. Are you kidding me? I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I feel the no, same no, things I, the, you feel. My thought is, are you kidding me? Yeah. We got people that are, we've got vast swaths of our population that want to be careful with my words here. That advocates for late term in abortion, late, late term abortions that almost seem giddy in their advocation. I remember a time when the, the, the consensus, even of those that were talking about abortion, were talking about in the most limited, narrow way possible. Yeah. Not celebrated through full term. Not at all. I, I mean, it's, and the list goes on and on. Well, there was a, an image that went viral not too terribly long ago, probably a year or two ago now, uh, at one of these abortion rights protests of a woman who was pregnant uh, in late into the third trimester 
and on her shirt, which is going over the baby bump, saying, not a person yet. Boy. And it's like, how? how? Where, where does this... I mean, we know where this, where the mask comes from, where the illusion comes from. Where that does it people come gets from? Deceived. It comes from Satan. Yeah. It comes from the, the prince and power of the air. And, and to us who know Jesus, it's baffling how anybody could think these things and think them as true and right and noble and good. But it's because they're being deceived. They are sheep without a shepherd and they're being led into a deadly direction. Yeah, it's, it's deadly. I want to share something I posted on my Facebook page, and I'd love to have you follow me because, and and I don't I don't need followers, but I love to communicate my heart. And when I get time to be able to craft something and spend some time writing on it, this will tell you, in a nutshell, why we don't focus on the madness of the world and why we focus on Jesus. So let me read it to you. I posted this yesterday. Our country is coming undone. The chaos results from envy and selfish ambition. The anger results from wanting what we want without regard for the good of others. The absence of God is conspicuous and a glaring metric of unhealth. What made America great was a collective deference to the highest power. No person or party can turn the ebbing tide. Only God can turn us around. Pray for the soul of our nation. Pray confidently and expectantly because God sees and hears. That's what I believe. No, we aren't, a, we aren't blind to what's going on in this world. Sometimes I pound on my steering wheel right beside you. I'm on the lane to the left of you. But God, uh, we really believe this here. We really believe that God can transform our nation. And we believe he's the only one who can transform our Absolutely. nation. Absolutely. There is no person, no party that can stem the ebbing tide. Our soul is so screwed up in the, our collective soul is so jacked up that only God can turn this ship around. Yeah. I mean, when you think about Abraham Lincoln in the Civil War era, bringing an end to the legality of slavery in the U.S., do you think that was because Abraham Lincoln just had this great idea on his own? Abraham Lincoln was a God-fearing man yeah, who loved the Lord. Yes. And it's because the Lord was working through him that those things happened, not because Abraham Lincoln just had it all together. It's a God thing. It's, a God, it's always a God thing. By the way, it's called entropy. When God doesn't have his hands on something, we're in decline. Always. But when God puts his hands on something, he can take something that's sliding south and turn it north in a heart pick yeah. and beat. Of course he can. It's God. So that's Ooh. what we believe. I'd love to have you follow me on Facebook. I don't do this a lot, but I don't have all these fancy websites that all my colleagues have in here. Super Dice got <laughs> all this stuff. And Young Thunder's probably going to have his own page here soon. No, I don't have anything. No, I'm, you I'm and me were together, Carl. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding, guys. I'm, yeah. I'm so happy oh, for everyone that's got their thing. But uh, if you've still got Facebook, a lot of people are zoning out on that thing. But if you still got it, I'm there plugging away, just trying to encourage the troops. Just follow me at Carl Clausen. That's Carl with a K. Carl Clausen, Carl with a K. And Love to encourage you from time to time. Speaking of encouragement, oh boy, buckle up and get a That's swing right. of water. <laughs> no joke. Hang on. 
discipleship to start your day. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. I've always been amazed at people that have overcome adversity. Always. I And I've always thought, oh, Lord, how would I handle that? Sure. And especially people that have adversity that comes on even a little bit later in life. My, uh, my bride's grandpa's quite a dude. I never seen a guy who had such, and I mean this, this is going to be a big statement, but I need you to know I've thought about it. I've never seen a guy that's had such an immediate response to anything difficult to immediately go to the Lord in prayer. I've never seen a guy like this. This is a guy that overcome adverse, overcame adversity like crazy. My bride was reminding me that at a ripe young age of 85, he was jogging down trails while he was tethered to someone. You might say, why tethered? Because at the age of 18, he started losing his sight. And by the time he was 20, he was to- totally blind. And I always wondered, what would that be like? And but for God, how do you handle that kind of stuff? Right. We got a guy with us right now, Michael Panther. Michael, what was it like for you to be a little boy in South Sudan, running around with the kids and begin to lose feeling in your legs? What was that like? My life was very different. Uh, As you just mentioned, from South Sudan, uh, that country was embroiled in a very intense civil war. And so many, many of us were running around every single day for our life. Oh. And then... As a 10 years old, I suddenly got sick and uh, didn't know what was wrong with me. And I thought this is going to be the end of my life because I couldn't run for my life. You know, as people are running around, I kind of knew that I would be left behind. Mm. And so that was a real struggle for me. But then my mom had so much love for me. Uh, he wanted me to get some help. And so he directed my dad to take me to the neighboring country of South, uh, for Kenya, uh, to uh, get treatment. But I didn't want my dad to leave my mom and my younger siblings because if they're left behind, I don't know whether they will survive. But because of the love of my mom, it really, uh, and her faith too, because they say that, don't worry, Michael, God will take care of us. Yeah. So, let you and your dad uh, go and get help so that you could be be alive. Michael Panther, our guest this morning, he's a businessman, the founder of an incredible ministry called Living with Hope. It's dedicated to providing resources and training to people with disabilities in Africa. Now, Michael, your earliest memories growing up in a war-torn country, a, a civil war, your village under attack, those early traumatic experiences and then at the age of 10 beginning to lose movement in your legs— how do you even begin to process that much trauma and pain and loss at such an early age? What what did that do to any sense of faith you had? Yeah, it really choked me a lot. But just before I got uh, I got sick, I was able to uh, give my life uh, to Christ before oh. that. How old were you when you gave your life to Christ? Just was probably like six months before I got sick, and. Uh, for us, we didn't have a church. Uh, we were running around every single day and every week. So we didn't have a church home. But every Sunday, uh, we would gather under the tree and, and worship God. Uh, we would cry out to God for his mercy 
and for the peace of our country. And it was during that time that I began to pay attention to the Word of God. And as one Sunday, when we gathered under a tree, one of the elders took his torn, worn-out Bible. I remember, I think it was missing a lot of pages. But he pointed us to John three sixteen, And for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And I was deeply moved uh, by the idea of God's love. In my village, parents uh, were very reluctant to send their kids to go to war, young boys to go to war because they didn't want them to die. But here is God who is sending his only son to come and die for us. That love really touched my heart, and I gave my, my life to Christ at that moment. Michael Panthers are guests right now. Uh, I mean, Michael, I, can you imagine going through the loss of movement in your limbs without Jesus? I've often wondered how do people make it without God? You must have been overwhelmed with the grace of God to have called you out of darkness and into the light just before this was going to happen. Yes, yes. It, it was, you know, that faith, you know, it planted in my heart at that time. You know, even with that faith, that suffering, sometimes you wonder, uh, where is God, you know? Yeah. And I had a lot of point in my life where I feel I felt really depressed and frustrated and I just didn't know if God was even around. Yeah. Uh, I became hopeless and I was like, where is God? You know, I was crying out, where are you, God? Uh, you know, do you even love me? Why are you letting me go through this unbearable pain and suffering? What have I done yeah, to deserve this, you know? So I just wrestled. I was wrestling with those questions. Honest questions. Uh, we took, you know, my dad and I went on our, that journey to come to Kenya. And that took a lot of uh, months. And then finally made it to a mission hospital in Kenya. That has already taken uh, two years. And the pain was becoming unbearable at that time. And so I just wanted to die. Michael Panther, our guest this morning, he's told his story in a book called Living with Hope, A True Story of Faith, Purpose, and Mobility. Coming up, we're going to ask you, how did God use that pain, that difficulty, that wrestling to birth something that's so special, that has reached and ministered to so many people, this ministry, Living with Hope? We're going to give you more uh, coming up with our special Freedom Friday guest. Your shot of hope to make it through the day. It's Carl and Crew Mornings. Well, his name is Michael Panther. He has an incredible book out, Living with Hope, A True Story of Faith, Purpose, and Mobility. Michael, growing up in war-torn Sudan, experiencing the ravages of war constantly, and then beginning to lose mobility in your legs at a young age. That's a lot to take on as a young man. As you look back now, you can see that God was preparing you for something very, very special. Tell us, when did you first get a sense that God's going to use all of this? I think um, how I get a sense was through uh, God's Word. In Romans eight twenty eight, it says that, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him and who have been called according to His purpose. So, you know, the Bible says that, you know, everything, whatever we go through, our pain, our struggle, all those things, God could use them uh, for his definition of what is good. And so 
when I was in that hospital, God touched the heart of the missionary doctor that took care of me and his wife to let me go to school. So they took me to school in Kenya, and eventually, eventually I came to the U.S., uh, went to school, went to college. And it was during that time that God started to, to put in my heart to start something. And, you know, it is true that your deepest passion comes from your deepest pain. Amen. You know, my deepest pain and struggle that I've gone through gave me the passion to start the ministry, uh, Living with Hope, uh, with a mission of sharing God's hope and love, restoring dignity through the, the, uh, the gift of mobility. And so we've been taking wheelchairs and other mobility devices to give them to those who are in need in Africa. Because I've lived it, uh, I know the struggle and the pain that I've gone through. Most of these people that consider people with no value in the society, that see them as the cost of the society uh, because of their disability. And so we come alongside them, sharing the gospel and give them a mobility. Yeah, I was just going to ask that, Michael, because you, you see the incredible value of giving mobility to those that don't have it. But you also see the greater value of giving them spiritual mobility that is found in Jesus Christ, don't you, Michael? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, in, during my two-year stay at the hospital, you know, I was wrestled with, uh, with, you know, with my struggle, the, my pain that I, I went through. But during that time, too, you know, when I finally hit the rock bottom, that's when I began to embrace my true identity in him and, and learn the true definition of Christian hope. And you know, that hope I wanted to share uh, with those because it changed my life completely. Uh, the way I view myself a person with disability, you know, before that was completely different, uh, different from how I view myself now. Uh, before that, I thought I was hopeless. I was a person with no value in the society. But now I feel that I'm you know, I made the Im- image of God. God created me with a special plan and purpose of my life. And, and I wanted to share that with those who feel like they don't belong to this, uh, uh, this world. Uh, they are not people. Uh, they consider people with no values. So out of that was born this ministry, Living with Hope. Uh, It's an organization dedicated to sharing hope, mobility devices, and training to those living with disabilities in Africa. This is about so much more than just these devices, right, Michael? I mean, yes, there's the practical needs of uh, of the wheelchairs and the other assisted devices that's going to help make someone's life easier. But let's talk about the hope part, the Christian hope part that is different than anything else we can ever offer someone. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, back in in Africa, people, you know, they're considered a cuss. That's what they, they they see as, you know, like when you see a person with disability, they think already you're a cuss to the society. Uh, but that is that is not the, the same, you know. And if you look in the Bible to even the days of uh, of Jesus in, in John 9, verse uh, 1 to 3, when uh, the story of the blind man, you know, yep. uh, the disciples so. The, the blind man, and they say, Rabbi, who's seen this man or his parent that he was born blind? But Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sin. But this happened so that the works of God uh, may be displayed in him. That's you. And so we, we wanted to share that thing that these people, they're not a cuss, and they need to know themselves, to people with disability, that they're not a cuss, that God created you in his image, and he has a purpose and a plan. 
and you need to give your life to him and he will take care of you and he will use you for the glory of his kingdom. Michael Panther, you are something else, man. Boom Crew, I want you to hear me right now. This is a in a book form. I'm going to give you two things here. One is you're going to have to go find it on your own. He's written a book called Living with Hope, and it's on Amazon, and the reviews are amazing. Some have said, best book you will ever read. So Living with Hope on Amazon, but I'm going to give you a direct link here because some of you are saying, and I hadn't even planned on this, but we're going to do it. Some of you are saying, boy, what if I could partner up with a humble guy like this? You can. we got a way for you to do it. I want you to text the word HOPE to 312-274-9624. Text the word HOPE to 312-274-9624. It's going to be a direct link for you to be able to partner up with a great man, of a brother in Christ and a great man of God. Partner with your brother, Michael. And some of you are like, phew. What a story. And, and I want to tell you, Michael, here's what, here's what I got from you, and you didn't even know you were given it, probably. Your story is anchored in the Word of God. I mean, I, I see like a hydrogen balloon with, with ropes coming off it to these anchors, and he is anchored in Jesus Christ. Text the word HOPE to 312-274-9624. That's going to take you to the website. You can learn a little bit more about the ministry. The book is linked there for sale as well. And then if you want to partner with the ministry, all of that, just text the word HOPE to 312-274-9624. Michael Panther, thank you for being with us today. You're an inspiration on this Freedom Friday. So where do we go from here? You know, we live in a world that is so upside down that it's in times like this when we look at life through a lens of uncertainty. Where's it going? Where am I going? And God might have you at a moment today when you are really asking some tough questions. Where am I going? What will happen to me when I die? What if I told you you don't have to die ever? Details coming up. Giving hope directly from the source. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. Boom Crew, let me cut to the chase here. There's a lot of us that come to a point in time in life. I'm not saying all of us do, but some of us do, where we start wondering, when am I going to die? You might say, well, that's a morbid thought. Yeah, it's a real thought. I live in a world with a lot of... It's a common thought. Is it? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean... Me, I'm I'm 28, so I'm I'm not at the point where old age is going to be the thing that takes me right now. But but yes, I I have thought not crazy often. No, but, but you think enough. When am I going to die? When am I going to die? How is that going to happen? You know, what am I leaving behind? Those types of questions come to me. For how, impor- sure. how important is it, Super Die, to consider death? Absolute important. I think so. It's top up there because that is your faith. That is your hope. That is your reason. That is your purpose. Yeah. Or not. Or not. I I mean, and and the reality is this is, you know, look around and I want, I just want you to come on, hang with me here a second. I want you to think for a moment, where am I going if I die? Where am I going if I die? 
And I'm just going to take a moment here to finish a little bit of thoughts that are on my heart. I want to tell you today that you never have to die. Nope. You never have to die. You might say, Carl, come on, man. You can't keep that promise. Yeah, I can. Jesus was late for Lazarus. He was dead. Mary was at home doing what Mary does. Martha was doing what I would do. I'll be honest with you. She ran down the road, heard Jesus was coming into town, sprinted. I can see her sprinting right now. She was a spirited woman. She ran out to see Jesus, and she said, if you would have been here, Lazarus wouldn't have died. Well, some of you know the story. Some of you don't. That's fine. He raised Lazarus from the dead. But what was the purpose of doing that? One reason. He was trying to show one powerful truth. And he says it right here. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Oh, wow. What a promise. Now, you might be saying, well, well, what do you mean? Yes, in our earthly bodies, we will die. But we move from this life through a portal of physical death into a life we've never imagined. That's what I'm talking about. And then he asked Martha one question. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God who is coming into the world. I'll tell you a quick story about Jude. There's about nine Judes in the New Testament. Jude is a derivative of Judas. Probably understandable that people wouldn't go by Judas after Judas betrayed Jesus. It became more popular to take that root word Jude, and that's what they did. Jude is, along with James, one of the half-brothers of Jesus. Four younger brothers of Jesus, all half-brothers. James and Jude had the same mom and dad, Mary and Joseph. Jude, for a lot of years, this might encourage you, didn't believe in Jesus. Jude wasn't an early disciple of Christ, not at all. Matter of fact, you know what we find in Scripture? Jude was one of the brothers that wanted to get Jesus out of the temple and get him back home because they said, these brothers, he's lost his mind. Just That's what they thought about, about Jesus. Yeah, his own, their, their brother. Yep. Jude said, he's lost his mind. Fast forward, post-resurrection, we don't know exactly when it happened, but... We know that in Jewish tradition, the Messiah was going to be resurrected. Somewhere post-resurrection, Jude believed that his brother Jesus was the Son of God. It's an amazing story, and Jude is an amazing letter. One chapter, powerful teaching. Jude was a little bit like his brother, Jesus. He could 
toss velvet-covered bricks with the best of them. He was amazing that way. He's got some things to say about the world in disarray. But he believed. He believed so much, he, he called James his brother, but he didn't even refer to Jesus as his brother. He called him Christ the Lord. What an amazing thing. It's a gigantic attitude shift. Boom Crew, I need you to hear my heart right now. You can move today from spiritual ambivalence, and I know that you might even go to church, but I'm asking you right now, do you know for certain you will not die? Martha was asked that question, and the answer was a simple one. Do you believe? And she said, yes, Lord, I believe. I believe that you are Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. I want you to set aside your religious systems. I want you to set aside all the spiritual activity that you've had because Scripture is clear. You can be very spiritually active and totally lost. And when you die, you will not live. But today you can live. You can have assurance that when I leave this earth, I will enter into a new heavenly realm in the presence of God where there's no more weeping, there's no more grieving. The pain of this world is behind us and in eternity in the presence of God and entrepreneurism and development and fellowship and, and worship and, and laughter and praise and joy are before us. Revelation 21. Incredible. And I'm just going to pitch it to you straight here this morning. It is not good enough to believe that Jesus existed, that he taught, and that he was a good man. You have to have a Jude shift. You got to have a James shift where you go from, he's a man who lived, who was a good man, and yes, I believe in Jesus, to believing you are Lord, you are Christ, you are the Savior of the world, and only by Total surrender and trust in Jesus Christ will I never die. I'd say, Carl, do you ever worry about what how you're gonna die? Or no, I, I actually am growing so confident in my Savior that I don't worry about how or when I am in his arms and you can be too. You say how? Believe. But it's a belief with mind and soul and heart, and it's a surrender of your will to the will of God. It's seeing Jesus as the Messiah. You become a Jude. You move from uh, affection for someone and cursory belief in someone to total surrender and yielding of your life to the Savior of the world, and I want you to do it today. I want you to go with me to an eternal home with our God and millions and millions and millions of others around the globe who have done that today. You don't have to die when you die. You can live. 
And there's some of you that right now the blinders are being pulled down. All of a sudden you see your need for Jesus like you never have before. And it's just as real as real can be. And I want you to pray with me right now. Today, you are going to be brand new. And although you will die, you will never die. You will live. Pray with me. Jesus, I believe that you came to this earth. And I believe that you are resurrected. And to this point, I've not fully surrendered to you. But today's a new day. I give my life to you. Completely. Not holding anything back. Tell him this. I give my life to you completely, holding nothing back. I admit I need a Savior because I got sin in my life. And today I turn. I repent. I turn away from all of the life I've made for myself and all my foolish mistakes and all the pain in my life that I have and the pain that I've caused others. And today I say, Jesus, I believe. I want you to think about this right now. Listen to me. I'm talking to you. Is today the day that you're making a break from a broad path that leads to destruction and a certain death and are turning toward Jesus who can give you life eternal? Is that you? Yes or no? Yes. Awesome. So, Father, for this one right now, who is saying yes to you, yes to eternal life, although they die, they will live, and no one truly dies who is in Christ Jesus. God, show them your love. Flood them right now. Irrigate their soul with your presence and power. Thank you, God, that you are flooding in right now. Throw off that weight and that burden that they've been carrying. And Lord, we rejoice with them because today is a brand new day. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. If that's you, we want to get a resource into your hand that is going to help you really practically, four practical things to do that will help you take your first steps in your relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a new day. Old is gone. New things have come. And we want to help you discover those new things in this new life that God's given you. Just text the word new to our number here, 312-274-9624. If never before have you surrendered your life to Jesus, but today is a new day, just text the word new right now. Right now, get get your phone out. Text the word new to 312-274-9624. Text new to 312-274-9624. And I'll shout out the last four numbers of your telephone number just to let you know, man, we see you. We're just happy for what God's doing in your life. 6168, welcome to the family. 6109, brand new in Jesus Christ. Awesome. Just text the word new to 312-274-9624. The promise of Jesus Christ is for you. You will never die because you'll move from this life right on into life eternal and in the presence of God.
888-888-0885. Welcome, man. So good to see you. Brand new. You're brand new today, and we're going to help you take your first steps with Jesus. Just text the word new to 312-274-9624. Start your day moving closer to Jesus. You're listening to Carlin Crew Mornings. Well, some of you have already gotten there, but I'm ready for a phone call right now. You used to fear death, but a relationship with Jesus Christ has removed that stifling fear of death. Somebody texted me and said, you know, I think a lot of Christians think about death, but I don't think a lot of people that don't know Christ think about death. I couldn't disagree more. People are thinking about death all the time. This is why you have cryotherapy, for crying out loud. There's bodies on ice right now hoping that science will one day be able to resurrect them. You've got scientific therapies and even uh, some of the longevity science that's going on right now, they're aiming at immortality. Now, we know that the jig will be up before that can happen. It's kind of like Tower of Babel. Yeah, Jesus isn't going to let let it us go that achieve far. that. Right. AI and all this stuff is is making great gains. And by the way, there's a lot of great things in longevity science. But the motivation behind it is who wants to who wants to face death in the face if you can somehow avoid the question of what happens on the other side? Yeah. Well, and you think about, you know, the the people out there that genuinely believe that when I die, I die. Nothing happens. I go to the ground. And, and they truly believe that. Maybe yeah, they don't have some a— some do. A, but in all honesty, think about it. Wouldn't that be more terrifying then? Wouldn't death come up in your mind more often? If because you just go into oblivion? If you just go into oblivion and there's nothing. Like, if all you've ever known is your consciousness and then there's some reality in which that's no longer a thing— how could you not think about it if you really thought that was the case? For God so loved this world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but will live forever. Let me ask you a question. Do you know that you're going to live when you die? John 3.16 is powerful. John 3.17 might even be better. Because Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to save it. Have you let Jesus save you yet on this Freedom Friday? Have you? God sent his son to come into this world to die for you. Today's the day to give your life to him. Today is the day. Your spiritual pit stop to keep you going in the race. We're Carl and Crew Mornings. There is a definite preoccupation, or at least a passive preoccupation or underlying thought of what the world happens when I die. And the desire to prolong life, I mean, there is science that is geared for immortality. I mean, everything that we're trying to do right now, AI is speeding up the ability to tinker with DNA, to make life more sustainable. And a lot of these things are providing longevity of life, which is great. But when the attempt is to avoid death, that's going to be a sheer impossibility. And there's a lot of people that do stop to consider what in the world happens when I die. Now, we know that 
the prince and power of the air, pulls down a big old veil over the eyes of people. And yet the Holy Spirit is at work constantly, a wind that blows and in a way that we don't even understand. But have you ever thought that there was a way that you were thinking that seemed right to you, only to find out you were wrong? Happens all the time. I've had opinions on things that seemed right to me, but in the end, turns out, oh, I was wrong. Some of the most humbling thing that you can do is go, wow, I thought that was right, but it was wrong. Proverbs speaks to that. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. Whoa. What's that mean? It means that you can have an operating system in your head right now that seems right to you, but in the end, it leads to death. Let me give you some examples of this. There are some people who think that by the amount of good works that they can do, that they can cheat death in the end and have eternal life with God. There are some who think that their spiritual activity will be enough to help them kind of exceed or meet the criteria that will get us into an eternity with Jesus Christ. I want you to think about death for a moment. I want to ask you a simple question. When you die, do you know where you're going? The fear of death is a real thing. It's a real thing. And I asked a question here 45 minutes ago. Did you ever fear death and then something changed. We had this response. Yeah. They said, I used to lay in bed so scared when I thought about dying. My stomach would just make me sick. I was in my thirties. My sweet neighbor was sharing Jesus with me for a while. When I received Jesus as my Lord, he took that fear and I have never had that feeling in my stomach again. I am 79 now and do think about death more often, but no fear, just wonder. Think, okay, think about this right now. You're, I want you to listen to me. How is it possible that a person can go from laying in bed, toiling over what happens when they die to thinking about death as in wonder of it all? I'll tell you where it is found. Martha ran down the path to meet Jesus. He was late coming into town. Her brother died. And she said, if you would have been here, he could have lived. Jesus used this opportunity to speak about the inevitability of death for some, but not for others. Listen to what he says. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you hear that? Whoever believes in me will never die. And here's the question Jesus asked Martha. Do you believe this? Now, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And there are so many. And maybe you're here this morning and you don't know exactly what led you to this point, but possibly you've been here many mornings, but right now in a mysterious, almost eerie way, the blinders are coming down and there is a clarity of thought coming to your heart and mind that is saying, man, 
I don't have wonder at the prospect of death. I don't have certainty that I will not die, but I will leave this earthly tent. Yes, it will die, but I will live on for eternity in the presence of God. I want to tell you, God can take that fear from you today. And it's a great thing to think about your mortality. It's a terrific thing to think about it because it's that thought that can cause you to say, maybe I've been thinking wrongly. Maybe I've been thinking that my Good works can somehow get me into heaven. Your faith is not based on good works, no matter how much you may boast about it. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If you follow Jesus and believe that he rose from the dead, you will be saved, and wonder can come to a place where fear once gripped you. Boom talking to you right now. Today is your day of salvation. You can be brand new. There's one key word here, belief. And this is not a mere belief that Jesus existed. He had half-brothers, James and Jude. Jude wrote a great little book. Scripture tells us that even his brothers did not believe. In fact, they, they thought Jesus had, quote, lost his mind. But after the resurrection, they believed. It's a cool thing. It's a mysterious thing when the Holy Spirit wind begins to blow in your soul and convince you and convict you that you've you've been living a life that seemed right to you, but God in this moment is revealing there's only one right thing to do, and that's to believe, to surrender, to repent, and to give your life in total to Jesus. And right now in this moment, I want you to do that. This is your moment. God brought you here today. God pulled down the blinders from your eyes today because today is your day of salvation. You can be brand new. February 11th of 1984, God asked me a question. The blinders came down, and I heard the voice of God saying just the sweetest words to me, Are you done yet, Carl? And in an instant, I began to trust Jesus to be the Savior of my life. I was no longer afraid of how I was perceived, what would happen to my life, how I would get and break free from addictions. I knew that I was held in the palm of the most mighty hands in this world, the hands of God. Today, I want you to be in the hands of God. Your number one hub for freedom stories. You're listening to Carl and Crew Mornings. So pumped, I don't know what to say, except so thrilled for so many of you that are surrendering to Jesus this morning. This is one of the ah, most thrilling things. What a joy. And you get to share it with us, Boom Crew. I'm going to shout out the last four numbers of those that are brand new in Jesus Christ today. And it is overwhelming what God is doing here. 2268, 9381, 4929, 1952. 63, 71, 40, 63, 61, 01. Let me refresh my page here. I've been having some glitches this morning. Just grateful for all of you that are brand new in Jesus. Most of you are first-time texters to the show, never texted before. Most of the responses here, and we're just saying, welcome to the family. There is nothing like it, guys. 
There's absolutely nothing like it. And we'll be here virtually to send this out to you whenever you get a moment. If you are surrendering today to Jesus Christ, coming off this broad path, moving on to this narrow path, by God's grace, his power to do in you what you can't do in yourself, welcome. And we want to get this link to you. It's going to have some real tangible tools that will help you take your first steps with Jesus Christ. Four things that you can do. Three of them have direct links that are going to help you. We've got a resource we're going to actually send you in the mail that's going to help you with your first steps. we got a blog that's going to help you find a church that's going to be transformative in your life, and even a link to some good Bible translations that you can go grab a copy right now. What a, what a cool it's an resource. Excellent resource. I wish I had it. <laughs> Back in the day? Back in the day, absolutely. Text NEW to 312-274-9624 if this is the first day of the new day of your life. Yep. 2952. Welcome to the family. Way to go, guys. Hey, this is Carl with Carl and Crew, and I'm so grateful that you listened to this showcast. Thank you mostly for being part of the Boom Crew. As we help you take your next step with Jesus, you're a huge encouragement to us. We'll be here again live every weekday morning from 5 to 9 a.m. Godspeed.